As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Put a slab of paint on, clean up the yard, clean up. That wasn't a big remodeling job. No kitchens or none of that sort of thing. So it's pretty easy to do. And I had four or five contractors that did work for me. So you could knock out a house in two or three days' time. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. I want to introduce to you Ash Patel. He's a full-time commercial real estate investor. He's going to be doing the interview today and a lot of them moving forward. I'm still going to be doing interviews, just not as many. And he is going to ask tough questions while still building rapport. That way it's not awkward. He's a good friend of mine. Join me in welcoming Ash Patel. Hello, best ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Ash Patel, and I'm with today's guest, Mike Anderson. Mike is joining us from Dallas, Texas. He's the founder of Reliance Mortgage Company and received Century 21's top listing salesperson from 1971 through 1981. He was also named 1995's Entrepreneur of the Year by Inc. Magazine. His portfolio consists of multi-million dollar build jobs. He owns an RV park and over 2,000 acres of land. Mike, before we get started, how are you today? I'm doing good. Wonderful. I hope everybody else is doing good, too. I hope everyone's doing great. Can you tell us a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Well, I got in the real estate business when I was about 25 years old. I started buying and selling houses. I actually kind of stumbled into it. I bought a rental house around the corner from where my dad's office was. And I needed some money because I was building my first home with my first wife. And we went about $10,000 over budget. So I decided to sell the house. I bought it maybe six, eight months before. So I called a friend of mine in the mortgage business. And I said, what can I get for this house? His name was Red Rudge. I'll never forget him. He said, you can get $10,000. And I paid $2,500. But now we're talking about 60 years ago. So I sold the house. And I thought, well, hell, I made more on that loan. I made $7,000 on that house in six months time. So I figured I'd do it again. So I started doing it again. So after maybe six months of buying and selling houses, I told my dad I was resigning from the company, which is a pretty big company, but I didn't want to do that kind of business. So that's when I started buying and selling houses. I got up to maybe buying and selling about 200 homes a month. But back then, it was a lot easier. So I, I don't want the audience out there to think, they can go out today on today's market and buy 200 homes. So that would be almost impossible. But back then, I was buying homes from FHA, and they had about 10, 12,000 foreclosures a month in Dallas. So they were selling them off in packages. So I was buying 10 to 15 at a time. It was quite a bit easier. All 
had to do to repair those houses was basically paint them, clean them up, put screens on them. FHA was big about putting screens on the house back then. So I started just rolling that way. And then I bought a Century 21 franchise because I thought it helped me in marketing. So that's how I got started in the business. And that morphed into apartments and developments and building houses and all that sort of thing. Currently today, though, I'm specializing in land developments. Well, my mortgage business is my main business. I've closed about $8, $10 billion worth of mortgage loans in the last 25 years. So we got a fairly good-sized mortgage company in Dallas. But the mortgage business is no fun anymore. There are so many government regulations on it and so much paperwork involved in it. It used to be fun, but it's not fun anymore. So I'm concentrating more on building houses. I'm building currently about 145 affordable homes in Dallas. And I say in Dallas, that's not true. It's in the Metroplex. Most of these are in small towns within 30-minute drive of downtown Dallas or downtown Fort Worth. And they're priced in a two fifty dollars to $325,000 range, what we call value homes or affordable homes. And like I say, we're currently building over 130 or 40 of them, and all but four of them are sold. So that's going real well. Then I also build big custom homes in Highland Park, which is a nice sector of Dallas. Those homes range anywhere from on a low side of $3 million up to a high side of $5 million. I'm building four or five of those right now. All of those are sold, incidentally. The market in Dallas and Texas in a whole is on fire, and it's that way in a lot of the nation. But anybody that's buying and selling real estate, if you're not making money, you need to get out of business because <laughs> an idiot can make money in this business. And trust me, I'm not all that smart. I'm just lucky at times. I don't know where to start. Okay. The mortgage business is no fun. What made it fun back in the day? Well, it was common sense lending. If somebody were buying a house and putting 30% down, they had good credit. They got enough equity in the house where underwriters would just say, okay, it made sense to do. And then they started doing all these crazy things in 2007, 8, 9, and 10, where they were letting people with bad credit, 100% down loans on saving income buy houses. And that's when the mortgage crunch hit back in 2008, 9, and 10. So the government, as usual, overreacted. And they got all these new restrictions, like the ability to repay, which is fine with me. I don't have a problem with that. But the paperwork involved in this stuff, and particularly with coronavirus, I've actually had people tell me, Mike, I think I can join the CIA, the FBI, or NASA with all these credits, checks, and everything else you've done that made me jump through to get a mortgage on a house. Yeah. It's just not as fun as it used to be. It used to be a lot of fun, but now people just feel like they've been dragged through the mud. And it really is its ridiculous what the government's doing. Yeah, I agree. So you started out buying and selling houses, and then you went on to developing and building houses. How well, was that, that was a long time thereafter. When I was buying the houses back then, we're talking about a 15, 1600 square foot home, three bedroom, two bath brick, typically a two car garage, all over the Metroplex. They were retailing for about seventeen, eighteen thousand dollars and I was buying it for about ten thousand dollars, put a couple thousand dollars in. And let me say this I did not make a lot of money for a home. I was in the volume home business. So if I made three thousand dollars after the closing costs, commissions, and everything else, I was happy. But if you're doing a lot of homes, it adds up. If you're buying a home today and you can't make ten or fifteen thousand dollars, I'm talking about net. I'm talking about after holding costs, carrying costs, taxes, insurance, all the stuff, then you don't need to be buying. If you can't make that kind of money, and I wouldn't buy a home today and remodel it and try to sell it. If I could make $20,000 home, I wouldn't. There's no way in hell I would do it. So are you not buying flips anymore? You're just no. developing? No, I quit doing that. It's too time intensive for my time. Yeah, and there's a lot of competition out there as well for that. It's not, I don't mind the competition. I've always liked competition. It's just that. There's such a shortage of homes in Dallas, and I'm sure it's a lot you know, all over the country from what I'm reading everywhere. The market's just on fire, but there's a lot of competition, and a lot of these wholesale companies are selling them. 
particularly with you novice investors out there, if, if this is the first time you do it, in Dallas, I can't talk about the rest of the country, but in Dallas, there are companies that specialize in buying foreclosures, turn around and sell them, and they'll give you a, a market value of the property. They'll tell you what they think is going to repair it or fix it. And in almost all cases, the value of the house they give you is probably on the high side. It is on the high side. They'll sell a house that's worth, say, three fifty when it's actually worth maybe three twenty nine, three thirty nine. They're actually going from the high side. I'm not saying they're all this way, but I'm telling the ones I've dealt with in the past are. And then the repair list they give you is generally about 20, 25% short of what it costs. So you need to do your homework. And I can tell you this, that buying and selling houses is a job. It's not just something you do part-time. And if you're not willing to hustle and get out there and get your hands dirty, and that's maybe driving down the street and looking for homes that are in bad shape or vacant and crisscrossing them or, or finding out who the tax rolls on them and calling them yourself, it's hard work. There's nothing free in this world. And these people write these books about how to make a million dollars in two weeks' time buying selling houses are just bullshit. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's true. Everybody's selling a program. They are. Selling a course. They are, and I don't blame them for that. Everybody's trying to make some money. But I found that investors that work harder and are dedicated to it, and even if you have another job and you're buying something to retire on, four, five, six rental houses or 10 or whatever the number is, that it takes a lot of hard work and there's no easy way to get around it. Well, you make it sound like development's easy. I'm assuming that's a job no, as well. There isn't anything, there isn't anything in the real estate business easy, but there's some of it that's more profitable than other things. And be a player in the development business, you've got to have some fairly deep pockets and fairly good financial statements. So I'm not suggesting anybody go out and get in the development business. I'm just saying that you asked me what I did for a living, but the developments I do are generally $6 million to $10 million dollars this RV park I just opened up, that was about a $3 million project. It's fully occupied. I'm probably going to keep that for, for rental income. But all over the country, RV parks are good. Mobile home parks are good. Building affordable houses is good if you can find the property. The problem is finding the property, and everything's going up in Dallas. Let me just say this. On building of those affordable houses I was telling you about that are 225 to 275 280 or up to 325 the cost of building those has probably gone up at least $30,000 because the lumber increases, window increases. They're in one product you can get in Dallas. We're out of paint. We're out of air conditioning. We're actually out of paint. We can't buy enough paint <laughs> right now. Out of air conditioning units, windows are in short supply. Brick is in short supply. Everything is short supply. And they say it's a result of the corona, that the factories are getting back to work. But lumber has doubled in the last year. So where we were paying, say, $30,000 for lumber to build one of these houses, a year ago, now we're now paying 50000 for it. And guess who ends up paying for that? We just passed it right on to the consumer. Right. I mean, we've raised prices on these houses. We're building $10,000 a month for the last four months and have had no slowdown in, in business. Mike, how did you get into development? Well, that's another story. I had a builder about three years ago call me on the phone and wanted me to buy some lots and inventory for him. And since I hadn't doubled in that market, I said, I don't think I want to do that. So he said, Mike, just come out and look at these lots. The lots were, at that time, $42,000 a piece. So I went out and looked at them. They were in a suburb of Fort Worth called White Settlement. And so I went out there and looked at these lots with him. This was probably three or four years ago. And these lots were about a block and a half of Lockheed Martin. Lockheed Martin is one of the largest manufacturers, employee-wise, in Tarrant County. It employs 60,000 people a day. They build helicopters and jet planes and that sort of thing. So I drove the area 10 blocks in every direction. There wasn't one house for sale. So I bought these lots for $44,000 a piece and sold them to him for $54,000. Now, 
and I put 25% down on them. There was 38 of them when I bought them, so I put maybe 200000 in it. But the end result was I made from selling these lots $380,000. Did you have to develop They already sold when I bought them, so I just had the money he didn't. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. As your portfolio grows, you need financial management services you can rely on to help you save money and continue making the right choices for your company's future. Realestateaccounting.co's top-tier CFO team uses their deep industry and operating experience to guide real estate syndicators, investors, and family offices through every pivotal moment and crucial decision. Their fractional CFO services include budget-to-actual, cash flow and distributions, and reporting and valuation. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO to find out why REA is one of the fastest growing real estate accounting companies around. The real estate experts provide timely analysis and consultations to help you make the most informed decisions possible. See and trust where your portfolio is headed with the customized financial reports based on the KPIs that matter to you and your business. Try it risk-free today at realestateaccounting.co forward slash CFO. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. Did you have to put utilities in? No. Actually, there were lots being developed. What happened was these were lots being developed. They had to put up $100,000 with the developer to buy the lots. So I put that 100000 up. And for some reason, it took a year longer to develop them. I don't know why it took them so long, but it did. And by the time I closed on a year later, I probably had bought two, three more subdivisions of houses. And these were all competing lots. These were before I started developing. And I found out how easy it was to make money. Well, I say easy. It wasn't easy. You had to be in the right position at the right time and have the financial strength to do it. So it sounds easy to do, but there's a lot of things that go into it. So I don't want to mislead people. I'm just telling you, it's a different ball game than buying and selling little houses or apartments and that sort of thing. Then I started developing land because, again, and I suspect this is all across the country for everything I'm reading. Houses are in short supply everywhere. Prices are going up everywhere. Materials are going up everywhere. It's just a nightmare in the building business right now for materials and everything else. I can tell you that here's a big difference. A year ago, when we were building these affordable homes, it took us about four months to build one after we started building it. Now it's taking nine months. When you add the four or five months to building a process, the interest goes up, the, the taxes go up. They don't go up, you have to pay for them all. So you got all those carries and the cost of the product. So it's not a quick method anymore, but it's a good business for me. It's a real good business. And since then, I'm developing 324 lots in Granbury, Texas, which is about an hour and a half out of south side of downtown Dallas. And I'm developing some lots in Greenville. Greenville, we're actually doing a fairly good size mobile home park, 428 units. And then Athens, that's another suburb. I say suburb, it's about an hour and a half from Dallas. 
let's dive into a couple of things. One, why is it taking nine months to build a house versus four? Is it labor shortage? Labor shortage and material shortage. Let me give you an example. About three months ago, my partner and I in the building business, we were out of windows for 60 homes we had completed that were sold. So we called every window manufacturer. He and I spent a half a day over at Moss one day, calling every one of them. Every one of them said, we don't want any more business. We've got more demand. We've got five windows. So that took 60 days to get the windows. But you got a choice of, of concrete. Everything slowed down. I don't care what you're trying to do. Right now, it's hard to get appliances, particularly on the high dollar homes we're building. It's taken six months to get appliances from Viking and Thermador and all the rest of the people we're getting from. That's how far they're behind. Let me give you an example. We put a house on Highland Park on the market, and we've started building about a year ago. It's a 6,000 square foot house, and we appraised it $3.8 million. We started building the house a year ago, and it's about three months out from completion. It'll be completed in September. And again, that house is paying for $3.8 million. So the price of lumber and everything went up, materials and everything else went up. And we spent another $300,000 on it. That's how much we're going to spend by the time we finish it. So the cost to build that house went from, say, $2.8 million to $3.1 million. And I'm a part of that deal. I just put the money up. Look, first of all, I don't know anything about building. I know how to look at plans. I know what I want in a house when it's built, particularly a custom home. But other than that, I couldn't grab a straight nail. So I've got people I've known for years that are competent in doing that. I trust them, do the right thing, that know what they're doing. But that house, actually, we didn't even have it on the market. About two months ago, a realtor called and said, you all want to sell that house? And I said, yeah. And she said, what do you want for it? So, so I called my partner, and we said that we did take a shot at it, put it on the market at $4.5 million. One week later, we got an offer for $4.4 million for that house. That's a win. And we had to put a pool in, which is about $100,000. So we actually got four point three for it. But the point of the matter I'm, I'm making, that house went up $500,000 in a year's time. And that's what's happening all over. Where do you live? In Cincinnati. What well, house business up there? Houses are through the roof, multiple offers yeah. upon listing. Yeah. yeah, it's all the same. Do you see a downturn coming? I do. First of all, rates are historic loans. Rates right now on a 30-year conforming loan, which is anything below 548 250 in Texas, are about 2.625, 30 years with no points. 15 years are about 2.25. In other words, they're giving money away. And they have been for a long time. They're trying to stimulate the economy with this stuff. But we got inflation running away. There's a lot of articles with inflation going back. So the, the feds will probably keep, and again, this is an educated guess, will probably keep the rates low probably for the next 15 to 18 months. But when I say low, I think they're going to go up half a point in the next six months. But still, that's a bargain. If you can borrow money at three and an eighth or 30 years, it's a great bargain. And I see the materials picking up. And then I see that there's a point where people can't afford houses. In Dallas, and it's like you said, you're getting multiple offers. There's some properties in Dallas are getting 50 offers and going fifty, sixty thousand dollars over. I'm talking about four hundred thousand dollars homes getting fifty, six thousand dollars offers more and twenty-five, thirty offers in the first day. So it's a great seller's market. It's a bad buyer's market. Agreed. I have a radio show on Dallas on CBS every Saturday. And people call me all the time on the phone. Mike, is it a good time to buy, a good time to sell? I say it's a bad time to buy, a good time to sell. But really, I tell them, I don't know what the answer to that question is because if you buy a house today, I know people who bought a house a year ago, a brand new house for, say, $400,000 and now worth five fifty. So you tell me, I don't know. I don't know either. I'm looking at what, what, uh, what do you think? Well, uh, at some point, the bubble's got to pop, right? You and I have lived through a couple of these market cycles. And we know when everyone's getting high, there's a down low coming. Not like this. I've never seen a market like this. I've been doing this for about 55 years. I've never seen a market this high. 
Well, I don't my, care what you touch. I don't care if it's raw land. I don't care if it's apartments. I don't care if it's mobile home parks. I don't care if it's RV parks. I don't care if it's single family buildings. Well, the hotel business is bad. That's obviously in shopping centers are not particularly good right now, depending on what area they're in. But other than that, the real estate market, I've never seen it like this. Yeah, very reminiscent of the dot-com bubble in 99. Yeah, it, it is. was a fear of missing out that drove a lot of people to pour money into the markets. And then you got so many people moving to Texas from California. The three states that are there are furnished in Texas with uh, a lot of growth is California, New York, and then Illinois. A lot of people moving to Chicago down here. Last I heard, there's 480 people a day moving to Dallas. And so it's just a big, big market. In fact, half the high price stuff we're selling are from Californians that are paying cash for it. Yeah, it's cheap for them. Mike, I want to dive into your RV park if we can. Okay. Because it's a unique topic. You're developing this RV park? It's already developed. It's already developed. So you developed it? Yes. You bought the yes. land. Tell me about that. What inspired that? Why did you do it? acres on I-30, which is a major interstate here in Texas. We put septic tanks in. We had to put three septic tank systems in it. We ended up with 75 units in an office, and the rental on them is about $550 a month. And we opened it last September, and it just now got fully occupied. It's 98% occupied now. And it's just a cash flowing machine. But, and, and are I, these permanent residents or transients? No. Well, I'm going to say that 60% of what is living there have got a year lease. But there's a lot of people staying up for three or four days, workers that are moving through Texas. Just had 10 people move in. They're going to be here for two months on a commercial building. They're building down in, in Greenville. And quite frankly, it's more advantageous to rent a month to month because you'll get, say, $50, $75 a night for a single space. It's first 550 a month. So it's, it's better cash flow to, to rent them by the night. But again, you don't have steady cash flow. So either one of them is pretty good. But so we want to keep it about 60% permanent residence there, another 40% for people that are transit. They maybe live there a week, two weeks, and one day or two months. And this was raw land that you purchased? Yeah. with flat, put, raw land. Did you have to put any amenities in? Yeah, we put the sewer in and there wasn't city utilities to it. There was city water to it. So we had water to it. We had to put three uh, big septic tank systems in that hold 75 people using it. And then we put the streets in. The streets were what we call chip rock. They wasn't concrete or asphalt, but they're pretty permanent. But again, it's on the highway, so there's a lot of demand for it. It took us three or four months to get a sign up after we opened it up. And once we get that sign up, it just rented up like crazy. But again, we did our research on it because it's the first RV park I ever done. And every RV park around there is 100% occupied and has been forever. So that's not particularly cash intensive. Now, your average investor, if they found a track of land to develop it in the safety tank or, or water, it's not that expensive to get into. But for example, this deal, if you had good credit and some money, you could build a $2 million RV park for 25% down, which is four or $500,000. And once it's completed, there's a lot of buyers. Did you have to put in any amenities, a pond, a park, common bathrooms? Or is it just pads and well, water? Well, pads, but we have an office with a washer in it that's got six washing machines and six dryers in it. Okay. And an office in it for the manager that lives on the premises. And it's about an 1,800 square foot building we've built on it. But all we did is put the street and utilities in and electricity. It doesn't have any gas to the, to the park. So it really wasn't hard to do. Interesting. And then when you compare that to mobile home parks, because you're in that space as well, right? What I'm doing in my first mobile home park right now. Ah, tell me about that. How does that differ than the RV park? Well, it's more of a permanent structure because when you're dealing with an old home park, 
on RV park, you just drive in and park and plug in electricity or utilities and you're done. Where a mobile home park, to move a unit in and set a unit, I'm talking about a 60, 70 foot long unit, depending on the size of it, it takes about anywhere from eight dollars to $12,000 to bring it in and set it and what they call skirt it, put it on a foundation, hook it up to electricity. So you're talking about a major expense for the buyer or whoever's going to live in that park. And you get a more permanent residence if you do a mobile home park because of the expense of moving them in. The problem we've got in Texas and all over the country is the mobile home manufacturers are way far behind. Tiny homes you can't get for months. You can't get mobile homes and RVs for months. And believe me, I've been in both those businesses. So the manufacturers that are manufacturing these things are dying for spaces for mobile home parks. They just don't have enough spaces. And we're putting a lot of amenities in this thing. We're building a 6,500 square foot amenity center with a big swimming pool, entertainment rooms and that sort of thing. It's got a dog park. It's got an abachi court. It's got a basketball court. And it's gated. So it's the top of the line. There's 424 units in it. And we're going to strictly rent it. We're not going to sell any of the units at all. And we're going to rent those units hopefully for $650 a month. And what we did, we, we did some research in it, and a mobile home is anywhere from thirty-eight to, say, $65,000. You can pay more or pay less, depending on what you want. So what we did, we took those numbers, what it would cost to rent it, so $650 a month, and what the average cost to finance a, a mobile home was around $600 a month, so we're at $1,250 a month. So we went to the nicer apartments in, in the area, and we're about $150 under apartment rents. And the advantage we've got is you have a yard where you don't have a yard in the park. Typically, you don't. We have three parking places. We typically have apartments have places have two. We have a gated community. We have a clubhouse there. And the kids can get out and run in the yard. And you're not even right on top of somebody or right next to anybody. So we think there's a lot of people that would rather live at a mobile home. Quite frankly, and, and I don't know if you've looked at the mobile lately, but they're nice. They're not like they, you're thinking about just a, years ago. They've really got a lot of amenities in them. And it's affordable housing. The, the thing that people are looking for all over the country is affordable housing. That's the key word, affordable or value homes. I don't think I've ever seen a really nice mobile home. I've only seen the oh, ones they're, that they're, blow away in the wind. These new homes they're building are, are really nice. I'm going to research that. In them, I mean, they got everything in them. So I'm curious, whenever people buy mobile home parks, they try to offload all of the owned trailers or mobile homes. They don't want to own them. They don't want to do the maintenance on them. They just want to get lot rent. Why is your decision so different from everyone else? And you're going to buy it's all not, of these know, new homes. Since it was my first venture in the mobile home parks, when I'm getting into something I don't know much about, I'm going to do a lot of homework. In it. So I, I found out the four or five big manufacturers in the United States, and I called them all on the phone, had long talks with all of them. Then they gave me the biggest developers all over the country that were developing the mobile home parks. So I called them all. And you'd be surprised how many business people will help you if you say these three words, I need your help. Let's say you're buying and selling a lot of single-family homes, and if I call you on the phone and say, Osh, I need your help on some advice. I bet you would give me whatever advice you had because we're not competitors. It's just a way to help people. So when I call these people, I say, I need your help, and here's what I'm doing. I don't know anything about what I'm talking about, but I want to find out what I'm doing. So it's like a lot of people will tell you that buying and selling homes, don't buy a home that needs a monster amount of repair work, remodeling. When I was buying and selling homes, I didn't want to do any big remodeling jobs on homes. I don't care what the problem was. I just didn't want to take the time to do it. I'd rather buy a home that needs $10,000, $20,000 worth of work on a $30,000 of work that I can make $20,000 on than buy a home that needs $150,000 of work on that I can make $50,000 on. Because that time, me screwing around with doing all that remodeling, it wasn't worth it time-wise. But 
different strokes for different folks. I'm not saying you can't do it. It's just something I didn't specialize in. So what I found out is that everybody's got a different opinion. Some people said even to buy the mobile homes and rent them. I had other people said I wouldn't rent those things. People will tear them up. They don't take care of them. It's the gamut. And I'm talking about some of the most successful people in the United States. So everybody's got a different opinion. So I took the opinion of all of them and I decided I didn't want to own mobile homes. And the other thing about owning mobile homes, if you're paying $50,000 a mobile home, you're putting a 400, that's $20 million. So I didn't particularly want to get that involved in it. So it's a decision I make, but I would rather rent them and keep the rent coming in and putting a nice amenity center in. Because another thing with mobile home parks, the cities don't want them anymore. Right. So how did you get by with zoning? It was in the county. And it took us a year and a half to get what they call entitled. Entitled means that you've got water, utilities. I mean, the utilities to bring that site were probably $4 million. But once you get it done, I bet there's not 20 places in the United States who've got an entitlement where you can build a 500-unit or 400-unit mobile home park. The cities just don't want them. Right. So once you get one entitlement, it's worth a lot of money. Let me give you an example of this. We have an offer on it to sell it for $5 million more than we paid for it and not do a thing to it. And I decided that we may sell it because, quite frankly, I'm 77 years old. I'll be 78 next month, and I don't want to sign a $20 million note in my age. I really don't want to. I don't need to. I don't want to take the risk. And that's kind of a long-term hold anyway. They figure it's take three years to fill it up. I, on the other hand, think it'll take, if we can get the units, if the manufacturers come back and can make enough units, I think it'll fill up in a year's time because there's that much demand. But if it takes three years to fill up, I don't want to screw around. I'll be 81 by the time it starts cash flowing. Nah, I'm not interested in that. <laughs> we'll get back to the show. But first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Do you manage your own rental properties? If you do, or if you're about to, I want to tell you about Rent Ready because I'm guessing they have some services that you wish you had. Rent Ready is a property management software that allows you to manage your business from your computer or phone. With Rent Ready, you're able to collect rent online and get paid. Find the perfect tenant with a built-in screening and listing service and get your leases signed with the click of a button. And tenants really love using Rent Ready's app too. They can pay rent using the card, ACH, cash. They can set up auto pay, get renter's insurance if you require it. And they can even build their credit score through Rent Ready's new credit reporting feature. And the best part, Rent Ready is unlimited. That's right. All this is flat priced. There's no tricks or hidden fees. Rent Ready is designed for investors who manage their own properties so that you don't have to worry about paying more for building your business. You can start managing and scaling your rental properties without scaling costs. And Rent Ready has given us an amazing deal to pass on to the best ever listeners. You can get Rent Ready's annual plan for only 54 bucks at rentready.com when you use our special code BESTEVER. That's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I dot com with the code B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R at rentready.com to get Rent Ready's annual plan for only 54 bucks. Did you know that credit checks miss 85% of the information landlords and property managers need to verify new tenants? That's a problem. The solution is Rentify. Rentify provides a platform that allows you to instantly access prospective tenants' financial information and compiles it all into a quick and easy-to-read report to help you select the highest quality tenants. You can access income, payroll, past rent payments, non-sufficient funds, and overdraft history all in one place. 
Rentify's reports instantly verify the full financial picture of the tenant, so there's no chance of being duped with false information. No one likes to be duped. And the best part is that you can have it all at your fingertips in as little as five minutes. Go check out Rentify at TrustRentify.com and stop wasting time and start fast-tracking the tenant screening process with confidence and ease. With Rentify, you'll no longer have to waste hours or even days collecting all the information you need to verify a tenant, which makes life easier for you and your applicants. Visit TrustRentify.com and use the promo code FAIRLESS for 25% off your first purchase. That's T-R-U-S-T-R-E-N-T-I-F-Y dot com and put in the promo code FAIRLESS. That's my last name, F-A-I-R-L-E-S-S, for 25% off your first purchase. Mike, out of curiosity, let's say you buy one of these for $50,000, $60,000. If somebody that's renting from you offers to buy it for one hundred and fifty dollars and continue to pay you lot rent, would you entertain that? Yes. A lot of people do that. They'll actually put the mobile homes in and take a note for them. Okay. Generally, the rates on those are around 10% is what they're charging a consumer. And they'll get five or $10,000 down when they get out. But bear this in mind, if somebody buys their own unit and they're moving into that track and they're going to the expense of uh, putting it in rather than renting a unit that's already in place, they've got a capital investment in. So I think that, from my opinion, somebody that owns their own units that's putting that kind of capital in or buying a $50,000, $60,000 mobile home and spending ten, twelve thousand dollars $12,000 to move it off the spot is likely a longer term candidate than somebody reading it. Right. So is there a target market for this park? Is it seniors, young people, no, workers? I think it's all over the board. I think it's mostly for working people. Some seniors may retire. Again, if you haven't looked at mobile homes, they're much nicer than what you think. I mean, they're 1,800 square feet, 1,200 square feet, 1,300 square feet, whatever you want. And they've got granite countertops in them, microwaves, and they got all the new supplies in them. They're really decked out really nice. And a lot of them now are sheet walking instead of that uh, paneling, uh, particle board, yeah. whatever you call it, on the walls. Now they're actually sheet walking them and painting them. And they look a lot better. They look more like homes. But that's the reason I went for that. People have told me that you can make more money if you buy your own units and they buy even used rental units and put them down there, they make more money. But the capital investment is a whole lot more, and you better know a lot more about it. I just don't know that much about it where I want to get into renting a bunch, 424 units. There's no way I wanted to do that. So the person that's buying this or that made you the offer, are they going to allow people to bring their own in, or are they going to follow your model and actually buy the units and put them in and rent them? They do it both ways. They probably are going to follow our model. Let me just tell you how We've got three manufacturers that want to put mold homes in a company called Lacey, Clayton, and the other big one. One of them's owned by Warren Buffett. And these manufacturers, as soon as we get this developed, they all want to put 10 to 15 units on there at their cost. They'll move at their cost as a sales place. They actually want to put sales offices in our mold home park because there's a, that much demand. The problem is that it's going to take a year and a half to develop this property. And with a shortage of materials, it's hitting them too. It's not just hitting builders, it's hitting everybody. We don't know. Every one of them are four or five, six months behind in production. They're selling them as fast as they can get them off the assembly lines. Even tiny homes, which there's a lot of uh, tiny home communities, tiny homes being defined as anything under 395 square feet. And if you've ever been to a little tiny home, you'd be surprised how spacious it is once you get in them. They're really efficient the way they build them. But it's taking months to get those down. Everything's in short supply. So, that's the one thing that bothers me about this mobile home park. 
is the fact that are they going to have nomadic fashion capabilities to fill the orders that they've already got and back and have you looked into instead of mobile homes tiny homes and are the numbers better on that yes and no it depends on where you are a friend of mine's got a tiny home deal down in Houston and he's got 78 units down there and uh, these things are renting for $750 a month but it's a first class operation he's got a swim pool he's got clubhouse he's got game rooms he's got everything down there and believe it or not most of the people that rent those tiny homes there are beers that want just a place to, to stay so he's renting for $750 a month and I think the tiny homes are costing him like $30,000 and he was renting them like crazy but he can't get tiny homes fast enough now so now he's it's slowed down it's an itch product that if you're going to go into you need to find out if you're an interested out there where you're interested in doing something like a tiny home because you can do it on five acres of land and get 20 tiny homes on it yeah. They need to go look at tiny homes and around there and find out what they're doing and find out what their capacity is. And just ask them for their help because they'll find that most of these tiny homes and all these rental places are all full. And I would imagine tiny homes are more appealing to zoning than mobile home parks because they're I don't trendy. Know I, don't know. I don't know that. I've never checked that out. But I suspect they're probably the same way. They would rather have single family homes yeah. than mobile home parks or RV parks. That's why there's two we're doing are very close to the city. They're three or four miles from the city. But they're in ETJ of the city, but they're not in the actual city itself. We have all the city requirements. Got it. Mike, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Work. Work. Hard. <laughs> and follow up. Be persistent. I'll tell you a little story. This is true. When I was about 25 years old, I was driving down the street. And this is when I was buying about 100 to 200 homes a month. And again, that sounds like a lot, but it really wasn't when I was doing it. Because I was getting these homes, I was paying $10,000 a piece for them. I could get them fixed in two or three days' time put a slap of paint on them, clean up the yard, clean them up. That wasn't a big remodeling job. No kitchens or none of that sort of thing. So it's pretty easy to do. And I had four or five contractors that did work for me. So you could knock out a house in two or three days' time. So it wasn't near what it is today. So I don't want your audience to think of this guy as crazy. How is he going to build to it? You couldn't do it today. And also, back then, FHA was carrying the notes for me. I was so big and strong at that time that they want to get rid of these houses. So they were actually carrying the notes. They'd give you a six-month note at no interest. FHA. Yeah. So if they were selling a package of say 10 homes for say $80,000, then I had to put up all the money to do the repair, all the closing costs, which is again, $2,000 a house. So I had to put up all that money and they would carry the note for me for six months. So I didn't have to get bank lines of credit. The FHA was actually carrying the notes. Now that they called it the PPOP program, public program package offering when I was doing that, that stuff's gone with the wind. But I'll tell you this, before I started doing PPOP with FHA, I was down that street one day and I saw eight brick homes on 56th street here in Dallas, Texas. So I went back and looked it up in math and that's where they had computers and everything. And I found out a lady owned these eight houses that lived in the walk she had your name was Evelyn Sibley. So I called her on the phone and said, Miss Sibley, this is Mike Anderson. I'm with Century 21 Value Properties. And I'd like to know if you'd like to sell those houses you've got up here. And she said, they're all rental houses. I said, I know that man. And she said, yeah, I'd, I'd consider selling them. She was probably 70. 374 at the time. So she said, what would you give me for him? And I said, I'll give you $64,000 cash for him. And they're worth about $18,000 a piece. So she went off with me like a skyrocket. She said, you're just <laughs> nothing but a thief, crook. Don't ever call me again, you bastard. Just on and on and on. And the truth of the matter, she was right. I was trying to steal a house from her. I didn't think she was wrong in what she called me. She hit the nail on the head. Yeah. I was trying to steal houses, which is what you're trying to do when you're buying and selling houses. So uh, I had a little green book that was four by six notebook. And I wrote a million dollars on the outside of it. And I wouldn't get rid of that book until I made a million dollars. So whenever I go look at houses, 
and I look at the newspaper, look at the houses I was buying from FHA. But actually, that was before I was buying all the houses from FHA, so I was looking for houses. So I keep this book, and every Friday afternoon, I call everybody in, and I'd call the week before, the month before, because you never know. So Friday afternoon, between 3 and 6 o'clock, I'd call people. And that was a dead time in the real estate business. People wouldn't do anything Friday night. You're so, just trying so, to ruin people's weekends, huh? No, no, I wouldn't. I was just trying to make some money. So every Friday afternoon, I'd call Miss Sibley on the phone and say, Miss Mike Anderson. And I didn't have to say even more than that. I mean, she'd go, are you the thieving bastard that's trying to steal my house? And she said, no way. Would slam the phone down. So after a couple of years, my staff was going, Mike, what is wrong with you? And I go, look, you guys, it takes me 20 seconds for change off on me. It's not a big deal. And if I buy them, I can make a lot of money on them. So then it got to be kind of a mental thing in my head. because Everybody's <laughs> laughing at me. It took me five years. So one day I called her on a Friday afternoon and she was crying. And I said, Miss Sidley, what's wrong? And she said, I was up there collecting my bed and somebody snuck up in the back of me and hit me in the head with a pipe and took my purse with all my rent money in it and put off all my new Cadillac and I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, Miss Sidley, I'm so sorry. You want to sell the house? She said, yes, I want to sell <laughs> I drove down there that night and got those contacts signed. So again, follow up to me is everything. Let me just say this. And I truly mean this. If you call me today, and I don't care if it's five o'clock this afternoon or three o'clock this afternoon, I'm busy as hell all day long or whatever I'm doing, I will never leave my office. I'll call everybody back. That's you incredible. An opportunity and work hard and, work hard and follow up. Follow up is everything to me in the world. Even if you're mad at me, you perceive that I screwed you over or didn't give you the service you deserved. And you could be right or wrong. I don't really care, but I'm not going to run from somebody that wants to chew my ass out. And the best thing if somebody's going to chew your ass out is to disagree with them. Just call them on saying, you're right. We should have got this done quicker. I'm sorry the president couldn't get out or we screwed it up or whatever. I'll tell them the truth, whatever it is. If they can't take the truth, they don't need to be dealing with me. And I'm deadly honest. And I don't lie to people. I'm not going to start lying to them right now. I never will. So if they can't handle the truth, and after somebody chews your ass for about five minutes, they turn mice. So if you got an ass chewing coming, it's deserved, even if not deserved, just take it and go on down the road. It's not a big deal. I mean, you can call me any name you want to. I would never be offended about it. I don't care. Great advice, Mike. We're running way over time. Okay. So are you ready for the lightning round? What is the lightning round? Oh, you're about to find out. Mike, what's the best ever book you recently read? I don't read anything but novels. I've, okay. I've read a lot of those books. In fact, I've been on the stage with Robert Kiyosaki a lot of times. I'm not a big believer in reading a book and how to make money. I think you got to go do it to learn how to do it. Yeah, so, I, I, I agree. What's the best ever way you like to give back? Helping people. I enjoy yeah. helping people. Even yeah. though it costs me money at times. Helping people is the name of the book. So I've always helped people, my family, friends, relatives, business associates. I'm always willing to help people. That's great. Mike, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? It's actually Southern Star Capital in Dallas, Texas, Reliance Words Company. My website is www.reliancewords. And my email address is Mike, M-I-K-E, at RMC, like run, Mary cat, Mike at rmcdfw.com. Awesome. Mike, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing a lot of great advice. And what a fun conversation. You dropped some little golden pieces of advice. This hard work, I'm telling you, you cannot overcome hard work. Yeah, and I love the I need your help. I'm going to start using that. Mike, thank you again for joining us. Best ever listeners, thanks for joining us. Have a best ever day. You too, have a good day.